I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing 1 million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Good day, everyone, and thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I am talking with Royce L. Jones. You can connect with Royce Jones on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn at Royce Jones, specifically on Instagram. It's Royce L. Jones. Royce, thanks again for being on the show. Got to spend a few days with you recently. So I, you know, I kind of know your heart for the work that you do, but I would love for you to take some time to tell us about uh, your journey till today, your career in the Navy. And again, thank you for being on the show. Well, Bernard, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate this. It's definitely a pleasure. And like you mentioned, we got to spend some time together this past weekend. So yeah, man, I got to see your heart also. But um, for me, I um, spent 14 years in the U.S. Navy. Of those 14 years, I was always in San Diego, California. Yeah, my entire time in San Diego. Um, I was basically a mechanic, aviation support equipment technician. Mm-hmm. The technical term is for that. So I did maintenance on turbines, maintenance on mobile electric power plants, hydraulics, things like that. Um, for my 14 years of service, it was amazing. I got to really travel mm-hmm. and to meet some wonderful men and women that it's one thing being in the military, but the connections that you have because of the military, you know, go on for a lifetime. So I got out of the military in 2011, um, started school. And with that, I started a small cafe in Oceanside, California. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And I actually, how I acquired that was through feeding the homeless. Every Friday, I would feed the homeless in San Diego downtown. And um, the owner of an auto shop said, hey, I have this small little cafe in my auto shop that, you know, I'd like for you to run. And so I was like, sure, why not? So I ran that for about eight months or so, something like that. And then I started working for Hertz and uh, I ended up transferring from uh, San Diego. Um, And all the while I'm going to school, pursuing my bachelor's Mm -hmm. um, and moved to Chicago where I finished my bachelor's and this is through University of Phoenix. And then I immediately got into an MBA program through University of Phoenix. Yeah. And um, after that, I moved. I was married, um, divorced. Um, I have two daughters, 21 and 16. Okay. Uh, Yeah. My oldest daughter just got married. And um, for 15 years, about 15 years of her being 21 now, we were separated. When we got a divorce, when her mom and I got a divorce, she was only five years old. Mm -hmm. My youngest daughter was not even one. But we were separated since then, and it wasn't until recently, about two years ago, that we were reconnected, and I was able to walk her down the aisle, man. So again, I got my bachelor's, my MBA, and now I'm in pursuit of a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and I feel like that's the space where I can make the most impact and where I find my purpose and calling right there. Wow, 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 wow. I love that. And just thanks for taking us through your journey, because I think at times when people speak from their place of expertise, you don't understand the rich life experience that allows them to be that expert. I think you just uh, showcased so many different facets 
of your life and how important your current journey is. So I, I want to dive in, you know, right with your expertise with mental health. And, you know, at times people don't see mental health as important as physical health. And why do you think so many people are resistant to the truth around mental health or even at times going to see a mental health professional? There's a, a stigma that is basically throughout society. I mean, you see it on social media, you see it on the news, that mental health is only for people who are schizophrenic. The extreme cases, that's what we associate mental health with, are extreme cases and those individuals that go and shoot up schools or a church or something like that. When in all actuality, mental health is a daily thing. It's a daily thing. And people think that it, it's this, this big, deep thing as far as, again, you know, on the negative side, but it's just maintaining a good relationship with yourself. That's what I like to call it. And I say mental health is your wealth. And I say that because without a good mind, you can't do anything. There's a certain mindset that you have to have in order to be successful in every area of your life. Yeah. Um, and that mindset comes from the ability to relate to yourself and be able to sustain a good balance and a good level head when situations and events come into your life that present challenges. Wow. 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 I love you just unpacking that. You know, I think that right now, more than ever, there needs to be a rich conversation around mm -hmm. mental health. You know, we have a very athletic country, lots of focus on the external, but I think there is this place to focus on the internal, focus on the internal uh, tools and our mental faculties is one of those tools. And I think even though there are avenues to speak with mental health professionals, I like you believe that there could be more, especially as a veteran, especially as someone who's seen people go through mental traumas I know that what mental health professionals provide is needed, but I think, again, as you talked about, we just need to help unpack the stigma around that space. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That stigma, man, it's actually crippling. Mm. That stigma is crippling. And I say it's crippling because you see in the news so many people who are committing suicide. Mm -hmm. So you see so many people who are having breakdowns and they're having these breakdowns because they're failing to deal with their own mental health. And society doesn't allow you to really unpack that, you know, because there's this image. There's this image that you have to keep up, that like everything is OK. Everything's good. Um, there's nothing wrong. And you have to keep that image before you keep your character. Mm. And people don't realize that your character comes from within and it's about your mindset. Right. Keeping Royce good, keeping Bernard in a place where, you know, I have balance, I have fortitude. I know who I am as a person. Right. And society, my job, my position, my career, things do not define me. Mm -hmm. And I think people get their image from their career, ouch! from their successes as, as an entrepreneur. They define themselves by that, but that's not what makes you who you are. Yeah, wow. Wow, I love that. You know, and it, it instantly made me think of uh, social media. And I think while a powerful tool for good, 
and conversation and connection, you talked about defining ourselves by the external. And for many, the external of social media pressures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. distracts them from one of the things you said sharply, you know, keeping yourself good, checking in with yourself. Are you doing okay? How are you feeling about uh, this moment, this conversation, this movie? Do you want to continue to pursue the work that you're in? Or is it time to make a pivot and a shift? Are you anxious? Is there something that you need to address in your life? And I think at times just the noise of staying connected with the culture, so to speak, distracts mm-hmm. from the most important connection, as you highlighted, which is with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, man. And I have this thing that you repeat what you don't repair. Huh. And for me, that came full circle for me because I was involved in a relationship where I was physically and mentally abused. Mm-hmm. And I went from relationship to relationship, not having dealt with that pain and that issue. And so I, I didn't repair it. Right. So I got into another relationship where it failed. So I repeated the same thing over and over until I actually got to know who Royce was. Right. And, and got that healing from the inside and knew who I was. And then now I'm able to really communicate to everyone, okay, this is Royce. Yeah, sure, I've had some struggles, some challenges and things like that. And that's just life. Right. That's just life in general, because you're going to go through that. But with that, you have to allow yourself to heal. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, then you're able to really help someone else. Because it's not just about me, but it's about someone else is going through the same thing that I just went through. Mm. They're going through the same thing that I just went through. And so, and this is what you said on, on the retreat, you know, I, I didn't pick my brothers, but you, you have what I need. Right. And I think that is crucial to us as people that we didn't pick the people that are in our lives, but they have what we need in some way, shape, or form. I think that the creator puts people in our lives to either learn from them and to grow, or it's in some way, shape, or form going to grow us into the person that we're really created to be. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love that you know you touched on the bigger picture because that's one of the things I, I try to uh, table with veterans, table with some of uh, my coaching clients that There are a lot of natural solutions, but there is this bigger solution that if we choose to believe in that, then we could have ordered steps. And that's a stronger reality than just trying to figure everything out on your own. I think Mm. that's why, you know, the conversation around mental health is so important, because at times it's so easy for us to ignore what we can't see our brain. You know, Mm -hmm. like people are in the gym every day working out the muscles that they can see. And ignoring all of the most important muscles, the heart, the internal organs, the brain, you know, and I'm like always challenging people. Did you spend time with yourself meditating, uh, prayer, if that's a part of your daily walk, just as much as you put in that public hour in the gym and posted publicly for everyone to see? Because again, as, as we start to shift the conversation, people are not breaking from the external pressures. They're really breaking because the internal pressures became too much. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, just remind our listeners, we are talking with Royce L. Jones. Follow Royce on Instagram, as I started doing recently. And Royce, on your Instagram, you have this amazing series going uh, called the Mental Health 101. Can you just tell the listeners what to expect as they follow you on Instagram and engage with you across social media and why you take it upon yourself just to be a voice in this space? Well, 
I think that mental health, again, is foundational to every person on the planet, regardless if you're the president or if you're someone who works as a janitor in a school. Yeah. Mental health is something that we all, to make us a better version of ourselves each day. And, and I call it mental wealth 101 because I feel like mental health allows us to really have success in every area of our life, whether it be in education, our relationships, and our career, spiritually, everything, without having that stable mind. And I take, for instance, LeBron James, we'll just use him. Before we called him King James, he was LeBron James. But before he was that elite athlete, he had to think to himself, he had to say to himself, I have the potential to be an elite athlete. So he had to think it first. And then once he had that thought, action followed. Wow. I love that. Action followed. And it's because of that, it's because of the thought, then he initiated some momentum and he believed in that thought and he was able to take that action into a discipline. Mm-hmm. And that discipline, he was able to showcase that to the world. And now you see King James, as they wow. call him. Wow, wow, wow. So what you're highlighting and the both yin and yang of it, mm-hmm. as you prepare for life and the successes that you envision, it starts on the inside before it's birth to the outside. And then maybe the yang of it, when you start to see things spiral out of control, even though people and yourself might be displaying this external action and activity, again, it starts on the inside, then it manifests on the outside. Yeah, that's right, man. And again, the pressures of life Mm. can cause you to fold. And the thing about us as humans is that we are social learners. And so we are byproducts of our culture, our upbringing, and things like that. And with those things come certain habits, certain ideologies or thought processes that may not take you to that next level. Uh. You know, in the African-American community, like when I grew up, I wasn't taught like how to really manage my finances, how to invest Mm. um, in the importance of education and things like that. So you take those things into adulthood. You take all, all of that, your culture, your thought processes, you take that into adulthood. And if you don't learn to adapt, if you don't learn to shift your mindset, if you don't learn to change your thinking on a consistent basis, then you could succumb to the pressures and issues of life. And as you follow my uh, Mental Wealth 101 um, videos and just quotes and things like that, it's just taking everyday life situations and being able to really compact those and say, you know what, this issue or this event could cause you harm if you don't deal with it and have the right perspective. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. So again, if you're not following Royce L. Jones on IG, I suggest you follow him. You uh, let him know you heard about him on the podcast. And uh, I challenge you to engage with him on the posts that resonate with you so that we can get this dialogue out more into the public so that people, again, know that there are avenues for change and that there are people who care. And lastly, that there are professionals waiting to serve with their gift in that space. Now, Royce, 
I wanted to talk about just some of your Instagram and Facebook posts. You talk a lot about the importance of family and you know that's all over your social media presence. Now, why do you think so many people don't see family as deeply as important as you do right now in your life? And if there are some breaks and tears in families, any suggestions for how we repair those ties? Well, um, family for me is especially important. Again, that, that's part of my culture and how I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a close-knit family. But when you lack family, when you lack the support of family, yeah, it can really cause you to get yourself into some situations and some, and some things that can ultimately mean some disaster for yourself. Yep. Um, and for me, um, I'll say because I was separated from my two daughters mm. for 15 years or so, I didn't have that. Wow. I didn't have that. And so that was one thing that I lacked in my life was the ability, you know, and the opportunity and the pleasure of being a father. Mm. So both of my daughters grew up as a statistic of the father being separated from the home. And I grew up um, with my biological father not being in the home. But um, praise be to God that my stepfather stepped in and mm-hmm. took it and took on that role. But I know that having a good, stable family is crucial to the success of a child. Yeah. Statistics show that if the home is broken, the likelihood of the child's success as far as education and even depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, depression and anxiety is increased when they're not in the home. The health and the income of the home is decreased because of it. And the mental stability and the desire, the desire for education and all of that diminished. It's decreased because of that breakup. And then a lot of times a child thinks that they're the issue, they're the problem. Wow. Um, it's never really addressed that it was an issue between the mother and the father. And a child is impacted from that in a number of ways. But family means to me, man, like foundation. Okay. Like I love them unconditionally. And I keep that on the forefront. Um, and again, like I said, I, I was reconciled with my daughter about two years ago. And in those 15 years that we were separated, there were some things said and some things done I could very well hold on to. Mm. I could hold on to those things, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we have to learn that each person is human. Yeah. We're all human and we get caught up in our emotions and feelings. Let's just keep it real. We can, yeah. we get caught up in that and we may say and do some things that are out of character, out of the norm. So forgetting about those things and just saying, hey, you know what? Let's focus on today. Let's focus on the relationship that we aspire to have mm. versus what was in the past. And so I forgave. I continue to live in the present and engage in just whatever I can do to be the best father you know, every single day or the best potential husband or best son that I can be. And forget about all that. I mean, my parents, they raised me, you know, how they were raised. So I can't fault them for how they raised me because they're just raising me how they were. But what I can do is make improvements. Yeah. Make improvements on that. Wow. 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 That was heartfelt. And I think you helped so many people journey back, especially those who served and had that time separation at at times Mm -hmm. from their families, that there is a way back. And and if we can forgive and if we can focus on the relationship we want to have today, that it's worth the effort. And I think you're making that very clear. 
So again, if you're listening and again, maybe you're on the fence and you're like, well, you know, a Royce, I did experience a separation, but you know, I, is the re- reconciliation really worth it? My children are adults now. I think, you know, Royce, them reaching out to you or even sending you a, a message would be so highly valuable because I just think, again, what you're showcasing in your relationships and some of your posts are so heartfelt on just the joys of this season in your life. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm in, this is something that I dreamed about, I prayed about, uh, I fasted about, Mm. I shed many tears over because for me, I was like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. And there are a lot of times, you know, in people's situation that where you feel like you didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. and that's okay, you know, to have those feelings, but let's focus on today. Let's focus on what, what we could have. And by doing that, you know, again, I was able to walk my daughter down the aisle at her wedding. And we have reconciled and those 15 years don't even matter. And in the two years that we've been reconnected, it's been phenomenal. I mean, we are as close like it never even happened. And I mean, like it never even happened. That's just, that's just how, wow. how close we are. And, and you find out how, I mean, I found out how, how much of me is in her. Mm-hmm. It, it's been amazing, man. And I still have one daughter who, at the moment, um, I, ha- I haven't seen in months. I haven't seen her in months, but I, I still keep that hope and that faith, you know, in knowing that at just the right time, you know, I'll be able to reconnect with her and have that relationship. But she's always on my mind. She's in my prayers, her and her mom. Right. So I, I just don't take it in a selfish matter, but I take it in a purposeful matter. Wow. Wow. I know you just helped so many of the listeners just find a place where they can see the next step. And just understand that in due season, there will be that opportunity. And if they're prepared for it, if they're willing to, uh, you know, step out on faith and allow that healing to happen, they can get to that place of reconciliation as well. Yes, sir. Now, I'd love to hear just some of the lessons that serving in in the Navy left you with and, and how do you apply them today? One of the lessons is being able to perform under pressure. Mm. I think that is crucial for us in society because life, again, life will add tons of pressure to you that you didn't anticipate. And that's the thing. We have to always live with anticipation that something is around the corner. Mm -hmm. And when you do, when that situation does come about, you're able to deal with it in a stable mindset versus it catching you off guard. And I'm not saying that some things won't catch you off guard. But having that mindset that life is going to happen, it really um, puts you in this place where, you know, you can have success even in the midst of a challenge. Right. Um, so that's one aspect of the military that I've learned or one lesson. And then uh, everyone plays a crucial role in the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was stationed on a carrier, um, USS Ronald Reagan, and you have about anywhere between three to 4,000 people on this massive structure that's floating on the ocean. But every single person that's there, they play a role. They play a role in the ultimate goal, and that's to you know get the planes off and landing and to really the success of a deployment. So no one person is better than the other. And then last is just, uh, just serving. I'm a big advocate for just serving people. It's not about me, but it's about what can I do to help improve and help you out. And, and that's a, the lesson that I take 
you know, is that serving people actually adds value to me as a person. That was big. That was big. And I, I love those three lessons. I think we all can, um, you know, incorporate them into our lives and not miss the bigger picture, not miss our opportunities to serve, and, you know, just stay focused on how each person is there to truly allow us to grow and to, to learn something. Now, this brings me to this question. You have a great post about, you know, value systems and when choosing those you let into your life. You know, some relationships are permanent relationships, you know, immediate family, and some relationships are choice relationships. And I just loved how you broke down about values and how important they are when aligning with others. I'd love for you to take some time and just share your insights on that. Yeah, value systems. Again, it kind of goes back to the social learning. Each person, like like you grew up in a household um, where your mother and father instilled some value systems into you as a person. Mm-hmm. And then me as a person, I grew up in an environment where they instilled some value systems into me. Now, when you join those two value systems together, you accept that person mm-hmm. and their value systems, or you choose not to. But you have to first evaluate, like you really have to dig deep and evaluate, you know, how that person grew up and what they value for themselves, like their character, integrity, things like that. Yeah. And when you accept that person, you accept those value systems also. And when you violate one of those value systems, you have to accept the consequences from that also. So it's really important that as we engage and as we seek long-term relationships, that we look at the value systems the core value systems of that person before we decide on whether we want to enter into a relationship, whether it be a friendship or an intimate relationship. We have to really dive into the actual meat and potatoes of who that person is. Mm. Because if we don't, then we'll end up in a relationship or in a friendship that drains us. Wow. That drains us and puts us in a situation where you're exposed to something that you wouldn't have been exposed to before. And then it also takes into like you, like, why would I allow something into my life that's not going to build me up and encourage me and and to add more value to me as a person? So if this person doesn't add value to me, then why would I engage in any type of relationship with them? Right, right, right. And I love how clear you made that because I think at times, We work in places where we didn't choose all the people around us. And we don't remember that taking the relationship further than the office is a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, um, continuing the relationship is a choice. And I think even as we drill back to our, you know, immediate families, at times we forget that, yes, we are related and connected, but how often we connect, especially when we're adults, is a choice. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. 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 And I love, you know, you just taking the time to share that with us. Now, I wanted to go here. One of the stats that I found quite alarming because I just did not know, it says over 42 million people have a mental health condition. Now, some are suffering in silence. You know, I saw this during my time in the military service and also as a veteran. I'd like for you to shed some light on that statistic and just let us know some steps we can take in the process of seeking the correct help, I believe the correct help is super important, not just help. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And that statistic that you just shared is growing. Oh. It's growing every year, every year. And that's about, about one in five adults mm. you know, are suffering from some form of mental health condition. So as you're walking about your day, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to the subway, you're on a bus, or you're driving in your car. So one in every five cars, that person driving has some type of mental health condition. Wow. As you're on the subway, you know, you're traveling, that person five seats in front of you has a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. And we just see people. We just see people. We don't see their condition. We don't know what they're suffering. We don't know what's going on in their mind because we just see that person standing in front of us. It's increased 5.9% since 2012 um, as far as the youth severe depression rate. Wow. And it, it continues to increase every single year. And then two, about 56% of the population who do have a mental health condition, they don't receive the treatment that they need. Mm. Yeah. And with that, you know, there's a shortage of professionals in the field of social work, psychiatrists, psychologists. So for every six people that have a mental health condition, there's only one person that can help them. And so that needs to definitely increase. But it's amazing to me that we don't have more awareness of this in the news, in the school system podcast, mm-hmm. everything else. I mean, we see all these TV shows. Yeah. We see all these TV shows, sex, guns, violence, right? Yeah. But we don't see many shows addressing mental health. Mm-hmm. And so my aim, part of my goal is to raise that awareness. And so that mental health is an everyday conversation and it can be like table talk. Yeah. Versus talking about sex, gun, violence and entertainment. Right. And what's powerful about you just breaking down the statistics, letting us know the importance of being able to have the conversation and seek the correct help was that if we continue to ignore it, you talked about the rate amongst our young people, our future leaders. Uh It really made me think of the recent conversations around suicide and Uh and how many people amazing men and women, amazing, talented individuals, family people, we might chance losing if one, we don't increase the rate of mental health professionals, and then two, make it a conversation and have just as much mental health walks as we have cancer walks, you know, to get that awareness up and the acceptance of seeking help on the table. Yeah. I recently, this past year, I volunteered at a at a local school, Sexton High School, mm-hmm. and seeing these youth on a weekly basis, you don't know what they have to go home to. Mm. There was one student that I was engaged with, and her mom would keep her home so that she could babysit her one-year-old brother. Wow. So, so th- there's so many different things that are going on behind the scenes of our youth. Yeah. And they're having to go to school and deal with that. Uh, like, how can you concentrate on school when you have all these issues at home? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. So, so that's why you have about 76% of the youth that they have some type of mental health condition that's untreated. Uh, so that's why you see a lot of people, you see these shootings. You see these shootings in the school because you have students that have mental health conditions that have gone untreated. Right. And that the parents, um, the students, the faculty, there's always signs. There's always signs. Um, There's separation. There's depression. And, you know, there's anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's anger. There's a bunch of signs 
that these students, I mean, they, they show it every day, but we don't take the time to look at it. We don't take the time to ask the question, like, really, how are you doing? Right, you right, know? right, right. We're focused on the educational piece or, you know, the disciplinary action behind their behavior. But you have to really look at, like, what's causing the behavior? What's causing them to act this way? And ask the question and be sincere um, and be empathetic. Because if they sense that you really don't care, then they're not going to respond as they should. But yeah, our youth are, are suffering. And if we don't make a change and raise the awareness and the impact in our youth, I mean, that they could be lost. Wow. Um, but, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm prayerful. I know that it's going to take some time, but it's going to take some effort and some resolve from people like you having this podcast and you're out there doing your thing and people like me. It's just getting more people aware and active and being proactive versus reactive. Right. Right. I like that. Um, Again, I want everyone to know how to connect with our guests. I am talking with Royce L. Jones. Follow him on LinkedIn. Follow him on Facebook. If you're on Instagram like I am, follow him. It's Royce L. Jones on Instagram. And Royce, I'd I'd love for you to, uh, you know, just talk about how can more hosts book you for the show? How can uh, people bring you in to speak on uh, mental health and in your transition from the Navy to where you're at today. Also, if someone wanted to reach out to you just for mental wealth coaching, how do they connect with you, Royce Jones, besides the way that I mentioned? You can reach me at uh, royce.l.jones at gmail. That's my personal email address there. Um, if you send me an email, I'd be more than happy to connect with you. And again, all of those social media venues, you can reach out to me there and I'd be more than happy to talk. I think that again, um, raising the awareness and just knowing that me, I'm the type of person that if you come to me with an issue, I'm not going to downplay your issue, Mm. you know, because your issue is your issue. It's a concern. And because it's a concern for you, it's a concern for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can reach me there. And from there, I would definitely give you my telephone number so that we could definitely further the conversation. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, you mentioned, and I, and I love that, you know, you're in this space. I think at times, even teachers, our administrators, uh, people at the principal and superintendent level, while they know there is an issue there, they don't know who to talk to or who to bring into the school. Because again, what you're providing is more than just motivation, more than just inspiration. Are you available for professionals in that space to reach out to you as well to maybe bring you in to speak, speak to their student body, maybe even speak to their faculty? I definitely am available to come and speak to um, faculty members, um, anyone who really wants to raise the awareness of mental health, not just with the students, but with the faculty so that they know how to reach these students and how to respond versus reacting. Mm. Because a lot of times, the faculty members are adapting the same behaviors as the, as the students. Oh, wow. And that's like a transferable thing that, you know, because they've gotten so used to the students acting a certain way that they've taken on the same thing. And they have stress. They have worries. Yeah. You know, again, making them more aware of themselves and their reactions and their biases and things like that, mm-hmm. um, then it will create more of an institution of learning not just educationally, 
but that actual person, that student that sits in front of them too. Yeah. So I'm definitely available to talk to anyone in all systems and in factions, even businesses who want to raise awareness in the workplace because mental health in the workplace is another another way that um, people are lost and millions of dollars, 56 million is lost every year for people who do not come to work because of some type of mental health condition. Oh, wow. You know what you just challenged me to stretch on as you shifted the conversation to business? It hit me that many of the things that I stereotype as character issues definitely could be mental health issues. And we're seeking help with professionals, et cetera. And to those teams that we're on, because this is so taboo at times, yeah, we are then misdiagnosing what we're seeing as like, oh, mm-hmm. they're just missing work. They're lazy, a character issues, you know, they're closed. And as you mentioned, it could simply be that they just need the right mental health, mental wealth strategy around what they're currently going through. Yeah, that's right, man. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Well, Royce, again, I just you know I want to thank you for just carving out the time to have this conversation with me to speak to our listeners, to remind you know our veteran leaders everywhere that mental health is the true wealth. And I'd love to hear you know some parting words of wisdom from you, maybe a call to action, maybe some material to read, some books to read, maybe some of the things that you're reading or training on. We'd love to hear that. Well, for me, um, it's just a constant improvement. Mm constant improvement, knowing that, I mean, I don't know everything. I don't. And acknowledging that drives me to want to learn more. And so for those of you who want to learn more about uh, mental illness, there's an organization by the name of National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, They have a lot of information that you can really look into and get some insight. Um, There's also Mental Health America. They're also uh, a website that can help you in discovering you know, what mental illness and mental health is all about. Um, some books to read. Honestly, YouTube is one of the best things that you can just type in mental health and it'll come up with a, a bunch of resources that'll help you. And just thinking about one other aspect here on mental health, and this is emotional health too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, emotional health. And that's Daniel Coleman. Um, he talks about emotional intelligence. Um, that is such a good tool to definitely use there. But um, I would strongly suggest just looking at those websites. And again, Google is your friend. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I Google love that. Is your friend. Yeah. Well, again, Royce, um, just thank you for your insight. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your heart to uh, serve in this capacity. And I know that Royce is pursuing the next level in this field from a professional standpoint. So when you connect with him, you know, encourage him to continue down his path. Royce, I look forward to all the great work that will be coming out of this journey, even, you know, as you shared how we can reconcile, you shared how we can continue to serve, you know, you shared how, you know, if we raise awareness, we can help so many of our young people, our young leaders, our future leaders find their purpose and reach their destiny. So Royce, again, thank you for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bernard. Thank you, brother. Well, Royce, enjoy the rest of your uh, business day. And thanks again for carving out an early morning slot for me. Oh, man. No, thank you. It's a pleasure, man. And I have to, man, this is definitely something that I've learned 
just from this hour that we've taken out and i'm inspired bro you got me hyped up now man so um i definitely gotta um take it to the next level right well i'm gonna get that podcast going i'm gonna tell the listeners all right, listeners, Royce will be launching a podcast before the end of the year. Let's hold him to it. Um, yes, sir. Because a lot of the information, you know, again, I got to spend some time with him. A lot of the information that he knows and is currently learning just at his level of professionalism in this space, the world needs to know. And I believe as you interview people or just share, so many people will find healing and reconciliation as well. All right. All right, man. Well, take care, brother. You have a good rest of your day. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, Royce. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye.